Aí sim. This is Design to Change Backstage Conversations. Backstage, Natalia. Um, that was fun. Backstage, we actually have your puppy joining us. What's your puppy's name? Anacleto. <laughs> Fantastic. So and he knows so, how to do home office well. Exactly, Natalia. How do you feel after our onstage conversation? I, I'm, I'm glad I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like one thing, you know, it's like you're, you're. Um, innovative and you're progressive for, for yourself another thing you know it's like you're is an accountable citizen you, you need to share that with others and you need to learn how to share that with others and you need to learn how to you put your thoughts in the way in the frame that it's um that is easy chewing well just like yeah. to tour you Digestible. know you can you can, you can chew it off and know what to do next yeah yeah, yeah. correct So it's like I, I think you know it's it's. We all need to do this, when we are experts, you know, in what we do, we need to learn how to share also what we've done and what we achieved so far. Yeah, because yeah, it's, um, I think the seven editions you did of the Zurich Walk and Talk. Uh, if you look back at the first one and then the shift that you've gone through, there might be. It's a significant design change, right? You doubled the amount of time you're consuming from the people coming because that is what they said they wanted, but then you still needed to figure out if that's what they need, right? Because at the end of the day, wanting and needs are two different things or could be two different things. And you need to, um, you need to deal with that very carefully, I think. But uh, mm -hmm. um, you're making me even more curious and maybe some of our listeners I don't know, maybe some people might be in Zurich to join your walk and talk when these things are happening. Um, what what do you think will, let's say when we have the next conversation a year from today, what will Zurich walk and talk look like, look like then? It's a very good one, a very provocative one, because to be honest, I don't know if it's still will still exist. Mm -hmm. Because I think uh, um, the secret also of of this event is this: it has, you know, it's like a pure experimental nature. So we're still experimenting, and the main scope of this event is if attendees need this kind of events. So um, having the seventh edition, we're we're very successful so far, but at the same time, we are really very young at the mm -hmm. same time so and i think you know it's like our experimental uh, phase uh, is still going on and we need to check we need to check with our audience we need to check with the people who come uh, two three times we even have um five or six people who bought four events a year 
Okay. So we have some uh, some people who trusted us. So we need to ha uh, have a conversation with them to find out if uh, it's it, if it's worth you know to continue with them next year. This year we will be having uh, another one in November, and then we will have time off to reconsider and to analyze our all our pros and contras. Mm -hmm. And maybe to come in or come up with something different, or slightly different, adapted, uh, configured up to the needs, you know, because this uh, this event it's uh, it's the event of the attendees. It's not the event of the event owner. This is yeah. also kind of uh, yeah. also was uh, was the answer uh, to the community what the community wanted. Mm -hmm. they wanted to meet face to face. So. It's not a commercial event, but it's also very interesting to see that how how we attract also um, different players, mm -hmm. not only from the from the startup industry, but uh, also the keynotes will be the destination management. For example, South Tyrol will be coming uh, with two people from the destination, and also from the corporate industry. How they attract also different players, and it's for us, it's uh, it's still an experiment. But it's a very, let's say, um, motivating one, you know, it's like empowering one. Let's imagine that somebody listening to this podcast that lives in a completely different continent, different city, says, that's a pretty cool idea, this walk and talk thing. Uh, do you think this would work in other places on the planet equally well as in Zurich or not? Certainly. I truly believe in it. It was also was an idea at the very beginning to start with Zurich and then uh, uh, plant it, this kind of event, plant these uh, these models and these concepts somewhere else. Let's talk Paris, want to talk, you know, London, what can talk. It sounds good. <laughs> so, um, and in some way, we're offering ourselves as uh, an experience experimental basis you know to find out what mm -hmm. uh, what works out what works out less what uh, needs to be continued needs to to be changed and adapted yeah. and i think the main um the main value that we really give the voice to everyone it's, mm -hmm. we can and we can manage it with 30 people in all these pitch format you know so strategies are very short um timing strategies pitching we can manage pretty well you know the structure and giving, uh, giving the voice to everyone i think you know it's actually i when i was designing that at the very beginning envisioning it as i was designing it by myself because sometimes when i come to the event where the topic is quite new i feel myself quite intimidated to speak out mm -hmm. So I think it's also partially designed for those who are, uh, who are shy to speak out from the very beginning. So we give them a simple question for, uh, at the very beginning that they're not intimidated not to speak out, which will be in order for, uh, I, I, I might uh, uh, anticipate the next, uh, on October 3rd, it will be the question on how, what, what did you, uh, discover in your last uh, travel what was particularly sustainable mm -hmm. and what you implemented in your traveling what is sustainable and you can share with others so a simple question from your everyday life 
which is very practical and pragmatic. It is nothing uh, that you have to find out. Mm -hmm. But you just look behind and say, okay, I traveled by train instead of plane. I did this instead of this. So uh, it enables so all the attendees to speak out from the very beginning. And I think, you know, it's like really something that's uh, it's really positive. It uh, makes me joy. I like how the question you're asking is it's framed in time, right? It relates to a personal experience. It digs into something that others could have done too, right? So it's very, it's, it's a common care thing. Yeah. Um, I think coming right. up with the question is part of the uh, silver bullet to coming up with coming to good conversations. Right. So, Correct. Um, and I like the fact that you, you know, sometimes you need to think of a question as an individual in the design process, but then it needs to be framed in a bigger context of what the context then does with the question and how it formats when different people interact with that question. Mm -hmm. And so I think this has made me think, you know, actually, so in our event design handbook, the opening yeah. line was to all events around the world, you're only as relevant as the people who participate, their need you fulfill and the experience you bring. Challenge the norm, make yourself matter, right? So it's really putting the person, uh, the event in the first person point of view, where if you don't matter in the substance of whoever thinks that's relevant, then get rid of yourself, right? Then the event no longer has a function or a purpose and then it needs to reinvent itself or mm. obviously events can't do that because events exist by the, sheer um, principle that people need to be in the same place at the same time. Although even that is contested, right? Because you could have an event at a different place at the same time or at the different time at the same place, or there's all sorts of versions that we all now know from COVID and way before. You have all these levers and dials you can turn to reframe, reformat your event, rethink your event. Um, but I like I like very much the simplicity of your event, right? Getting to that simplicity was probably not simple. You have to go through the complexity of the experience. Mm -hmm. You've prototyped seven editions and iteratively come to what is working today in today's mindset with so many months after a lockdown or whatever, like a COVID period. The context changes very quickly around us. The people change very quickly. So. I think reframing and redesigning that periodically is a very wise thing to do um, with an end goal in mind, that overarching aim you were talking about. So um, fascinating how something that seemingly could look so simple has a lot of design thinking and expertise behind it to get to where it is today. Let me ask you another yeah. question. So um, out of the financial crisis, um, in 2008, 2009, uh, there was an event that came out that's called C2 in Montreal. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, it's cre uh, it's, a, um, it's actually an event that originally intended to respond to the world's kind of format on, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's like a reaction to what's happened in, in the financial world, right? And it's about commerce and creativity. Um, I think it tackles a lot of subjects that were very much on people's forefront at the time. Um, it calls itself the most forward-thinking conference in the world, and it has been doing that since 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Um, seven and a half thousand people go there, right? 
Uh, it was founded 2012, by the way, not 2010. Um, mm -hmm. So there's been quite a few additions. It has had its interruption also online, but I'm going to be very curious. I'm going there next week um, oh, okay. to see what it's like uh, and to see if an event that was born out of the financial crisis, how does it behave itself as an entity after the COVID experience we've all had? And so I think, um, you know, I like to look at events as an anthropologist almost, or like look through the eyes of the behaviors, immerse yourself in the behaviors, experience what it's like. And I'm sure many people that listen to this podcast have that same kind of professional deformation, right? Um, to the degree where, you know, we are probably um, very disobedient consumers of events, right? Where we, we kind of challenge them and to try to figure out what it's like but also hold people accountable as citizens of that event, right? Because you're spending time, you're spending money, you're spending resources, you're doing all of this stuff together, right? I mean, seven and a half thousand people in Montreal flying halfway across the planet, that's quite a responsibility, right? Like that event it holds is. a big kind of uh, container of responsibility. And this is also what success sometimes can do, right? Um, this came out of you know, the original kind of, the way I first ran, ran across it, what, what would happen if the creators of Cirque du Soleil would create an event, right? This is, what, this is what this comes from. Those are the roots of this event. And so Sidley and Cirque du Soleil have actually created this thing, which has taken off and has been very successful, but also was tried to be brought to another part of the world, right? So they tried to, at one stage, to bring this idea both into the corporate environment, which has been fairly successful, I think, where companies take on this format and, and carry it forward with their own brand connected to it, but also was tried to establish it in another place, in Melbourne, Australia, which is also a very creative environment. Now that never took off, right? So, and I'm very interested, so that's maybe why my question, the walk and talk, London, Paris, you know, Rio de Janeiro or uh, Yokohama, it doesn't matter where this would happen. You know, is it universal like things like Creative Mornings or like, like the TEDx format or other licensed format of events? Or is it something that's maybe so simple that people would copy it without really giving it a structure and it might end up somewhere else? Right. And I think this is one of the fascinations I think that we might all have with event formats is to find what are the patterns of behavior and what's the cadence in which this works? What's the scale at which it's going to be effective? And at what point should it be reinvented? Mm -hmm. And I think after seven editions, you're already at the point where maybe for next year, we need to reinvent it, which to me says a lot about your mindset as a designer. You're never happy with the status quo or you're not a, you, you don't bask in the status quo and its glory, but you challenge yourself and the team to figure out you always need to be three to four steps ahead as to where it's headed because it might become, uh, it might be considered that it doesn't matter, right? And if an event wants to make itself matter, you have to rethink this thing sure. very regularly and very periodically. Yeah. Um, so you sparked a lot of thinking. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah, the thing goes to you as well. I we, um, really you know, helpful. last week we were standing with cocktail in hand at the Stadtkäserei, which is, can, can you explain that, that what it's like? Completely different conversation. Completely <laughs> different conversation, right? But what, Small what, talk. What, the, describe the context of that event. 
like tell us a little bit about what you experienced there what the venue is like what's what were we doing there um you mean in zurich we yeah. serve basel conventional bureau. yeah it was a traditional frame to be frank with you yeah we started with the keynote, then we did some questions, ah, with, with the reception, then keynote questions, and then we moved to the um, to the upper part, right? Um, for me, it was uh, very helpful because uh, they were the people from my industry. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's already, you know, it's like a very good networking from the very beginning. That's a someone the organizer, the Basel Conventional Bureau, you know, they already pre-select the people that uh, uh, will be interesting for you with uh, with uh, um, with a higher, uh, let's say, uh, uh, possibility, you know. But what I missed, you know, and this again, you know, we can go back, you know, to sorry, we can talk that we did not leverage on networking everyone with everyone. Mm -hmm. Because you know, this, uh, in this common frame of uh, events, you go to the event, you have, uh, I don't know, it's like we started already in so many studies, you have, you know, in networking, you can, you can meet two, three people, five people, and that's it. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's just a pity, you know, it's like I, I, I would, I would have been, more and more satisfied when I could have met all the people, at least have an idea. Yeah. You know, and the size of the event permitted us to do so. I mean, it was about work, 45 people, 40, 45. I think. Working in or this, uh, doing in or this story, we can talk format when you're on a round table format, was enable, you know, it's a simple question to introduce everyone. Even if I didn't have time to talk to everyone, I would have an idea. I would have a highlight, you know, it's like for, for the later on, you know, it's like yeah. for to network, to reconnect, to, and with this kind of, when we enable also, you know, it's like we leverage when we enable this model to, to maximize the connection within your event. I think, you know, it's like, it's a, it's, it would be great benefit for all. Otherwise, you you would meet you know a couple of people. This uh, very very charming lady from Mexico is like what is uh, then I, I don't remember. It's good you know that the people who usually you know stand up you know it's like and they they have kind of elements in themselves you know being stand uppers. But what about shy people? What about people who are mo rather modest? You know, you don't don't want to speak up. But yeah. maybe it's your connection for this event. Yes. Maybe it's that connection. So I, I would enable more this kind of formats that uh, the attendee is the king, not the speaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like it makes yeah. sense for you. No, and I think this is this is always, um, um, I think, being critical at every stage of both the events you participate in and what you could change about the dynamic whilst it's on, but also considering how you change the next edition. It's very contextual. It also says a lot about the organization that puts it on, right? So Correct. I think the you know, we have the saying that show me any organization's event and I'll tell you about their culture, right? Um, so it's a cultural expression of how that community interacts with each other. Uh, does it leave those things to chance? Does it orchestrate everything? Does it mix the two? Does it struck highly structured? Uh, you know, the context in which it takes place, this, you know, a cheese factory right on the central station of 
Zürich is kind of a very unusual place, but super cool. Super right? cool. But fantastic. Like and, and so that experience in itself also meant that I think most people stayed way beyond what they expected, right? Because it was supposed to end at about nine o'clock and at 10 o'clock people were still, you know, talking. Oh, really? To <laughs> we, yeah, like, so I think it's also interesting to see that the group dynamic perpetuates because of the way that that worked, which to me is a very kind of Basler way to, to make things happen, especially when you do that in another city like Zurich, which for people that don't know, maybe two opposites of the cultural spectrum in Switzerland, maybe not two opposites, but two cities that are, you know, very characteristic in their in their own kind of culture. Um, and I highly enjoy seeing those differences and, and, and seeing them in action. I think it's a, it's a feast. <laughs> no, I think the the location it's it's really you know it's like it's uh, I'm glad that you also mentioned this you know because the location sometimes it plays a crucial role of enable of enabling you know several models of engagement yeah. from the very beginning. Yeah. You know, so can I think you know the the selection of this location was just great. I liked it a lot, but this as you said, you need more time you know on an upper row to get into the mood. To be in a networking mood with each other, we're asking you know, only using or as a simple universal question, which is right now it's like on the radar of everyone in this world. Yeah. You might tackle this kind of involvement on a very early stage instead of postponing that yeah. or in the upper session. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody is probably very curious, Natalia, and you know what question I'm going to ask you now. Uh, is, uh, and, and you're probably going to send that to us so we can put it in the footer notes. Um, and you get a week to come up with the question. What question would you have asked at the beginning of that session in Zurich to those 45 people or 40 people in the context of where we were to do what you just said, right? You have a question for your event on the 3rd of October. Um, we'll leave it as a surprise for people to see if they actually read the uh, footer notes and we'll add the response or that question that you would it's have asked last good. week. You will ask it um, or you will let us know and I will add it to the comments of this podcast. Does that sound like a deal? This is a great idea. <laughs> I like it you a lot. It's a great conclusion. It. It's a great summary and it's a great invitation to be continued. Excellent. Well, Natalia Zaremba, thank you so much for being on our backstage right uh, normally we have drinks and it's a lot more noisy when we have uh, you know the the post event Hello. Sort of um, <laughs> as it was last week uh, thank you so much for being with us and uh, you know if you want to reach out to natalia or to me rudy hansen at the event design collective you'll find our contact contact details on the on the podcast footers for now thank you so much and um, thank you natalia for spending time with us thank you Ruth. thank you it was a pleasure it was a very well invested time Let's put Excellent. it this way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Talk soon. You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag Design to Change and hashtag EventCanvas. Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the net. Don't forget, it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. 
Until then, we look forward to our next conversation.